Few things are more Christmassy than the cozy warmth and flickering glow of a log on the fire. The pop and crackle, the soft shadows, a primal fascination with fire and a sense of a connection to previous generations and a simpler time. It's little wonder that fires and fireplaces are so tightly linked to Christmas, from the pre-Christmas tradition of the Yule log in Northern Europe, to stockings hung by the chimney with care, to chestnuts roasting, to St. Nicholas coming down the chimney with a bound. Fireplaces have been basically obsolete for more than a hundred years thanks to the invention of central heating in the late 19th century. But families all over the world continue to rekindle the holiday spirit, pun intended, year after year. Just as I did growing up in New England in the 1980s. And just as thousands upon thousands did in New York City on Christmas Eve in 1966. Which is pretty interesting when you think about it because most New York City apartments don't have fireplaces. But many of them did have a piece of technology that was just coming into its own at the time, a color television. And a local station that decided to try something that seemed a little crazy at the time, to broadcast three straight hours, commercial free, of a fireplace set to Christmas music. This is the story of the WPIX Yule Log, a quirky little experiment that became a cherished Christmas tradition and one man's obsessive quest to keep the flame burning. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. Imagine for a moment that you manage a local television station in the 1960s. Christmas Eve is coming up, but you know that not a lot of people watch TV on Christmas Eve. In fact, the only programming you have available to run is a roller derby. Not only that, but nobody at the station wants to work on Christmas Eve. Well, you could just sigh and throw your hands up and say, hey, that's the TV business for you, comes with the territory. But if you're Fred Thrower, the general manager of WPIX in New York City, it gives you an idea. Why not try something a little different? Why not try a sort of television equivalent of a Christmas card? You could send a camera crew down to the Gracie Mansion where the mayor lived and film a fire burning in the grand fireplace and then just air that. No actors, no plot, no announcer, no on-screen graphics, no commercials, just a fire on TV. The film looping over and over again every 17 seconds for three straight hours. And the good news is that WPIX has an affiliated radio station, WPIX FM. So you can have them put together a festive soundtrack and play it in the background. It was an idea that could have been seen as strange, risky, bold, silly, but nobody could have predicted that it would catch on the way it did. Forty some odd years ago, we moved here from Ohio. And on that first Christmas in 1972, we were surfing the channel, seeing what's on, and discovered this fireplace, this Yule log, and we fell in love with it. That's Chip R. Curie, who runs a website dedicated to the WPIX Yule log called, simply enough, yulelog.com. And the ironic thing is <laughs> we were probably watching the fireplace on the TV more than we were the real fireplace that was on the other side of the room. Fred Thrower's idea accidentally created a Christmas tradition, a program that in future years would dominate its time slot, that other stations around the country would pick up and run for themselves, that depending on whom you ask was also technically the world's first music video. As simple an idea as it was, it wasn't without its complications. During filming, a spark flew out from the fireplace and damaged a $4,000 rug. 
Not only that, but the finished product looked a little jerky when the film loop restarted every 17 seconds. And it wasn't long before the film itself started to degrade. So in 1970, the station decided to do a reshoot. The Gracie Mansion didn't want any more of their rugs damaged, so they said no thanks. So the crew found a comparable shooting location in Palo Alto, California to produce the newer and better version. This time with the loop lasting a full 7 minutes. And WPIX would run that version every year until 1989, when the station's program director at the time decided to take it off the air. Turns out that airing three hours of programming with no commercials isn't so good for the bottom line. But that didn't sit too well with the viewers, including Chip R. Curie. In the year 2000, a Bring Back the Log petition website appeared, and that website would eventually go on to become theulog.com. In 2001, facing mounting fan pressure, and also the need for comfort and familiarity after the September 11th attacks in New York, the station decided to bring back the log. The program was so discounted as far as its importance to the station that they didn't know where it was. It was found in a warehouse in northern New Jersey in a tin can, a film can, that was labeled Honeymooners, A Dog's Life. And uh, when it did finally come back in, 19, in 2001, the program was in a miserable state. They diced, they sliced, they chopped, they pureed, and they whittled it down from a three-hour program to a two-hour program. To a purist like Chip, this just wouldn't do. He couldn't bear the thought of anything less than the one true version of the log program lighting up the airwaves. There was just one problem. WPIX-FM was now defunct, and many of the songs from the original soundtrack came from rare vinyl records that the station owned. It would be impossible to create the original soundtrack in its entirety. I had every record in my collection. Unless you're Chip R. Curie. If it wasn't for my collection, the program could not have been fully restored because many of these songs were out of print. Some of them are very rare, and the one in particular was a song that was added in 1973 by the Singing Angels, a children's choir group from Cleveland, where I'm from. And that was only a local record uh, that was never released nationally. And uh, in my lifetime, I've only found one copy. So Chip and his friend Joseph convinced the station to let them restore the program to its full glory. And so we began to petition the station to let us restore the program back to its original form. They had a trust two guys that were not in the business per se. And in 2006, just in time for the Yule Log's 40th anniversary, the fully restored three-hour version was back. Chip even produced an additional fourth hour with classic Christmas songs that weren't part of the original program. The program has been in syndication since 2003 and has found its official permanent home on Antenna TV. It spawned a number of imitators, whether it's the 4K high-def versions you can find on your favorite streaming service, or the version with Nick Offerman drinking scotch. There are even 3D versions and virtual reality versions. But when it comes to nostalgia and tradition, it's best to stick with the classics. Well, speaking of nostalgia, I'm sure you're like me, and you remember shaking a wrapped gift to try to guess what's inside but you've probably never needed to guess who it's from. The gift tag clearly says who it's to and who it's from, unless you're Carla from Florida, as she describes in this Christmas memory. One unique Christmas tradition we have in our family is that instead of on a gift tag writing the person's name in the to and from box, we usually make up either a famous person from history or a, um, a movie character, and we have to guess 
who is the to and the from, and that makes it kind of a fun game of who would be Princess Peach or Winston Churchill. And so the gifts, it makes the gift giving last a little longer and makes it a little more fun. It's never too late to share one of your Christmas memories. Even if you've already shared one in the past, there is no rule against repeat customers at all. Record a voice memo into your phone and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail on my new Google Voice line at 650-394-7162. Christmas Past is produced in sunny San Mateo, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thanks to Chip R. Curie and Carla in Florida. I'll put a link to Chip's website in the show notes for this episode at christmaspast.media. And hey, that's where you can also find all those articles and quizzes and infographics and announcements I've been posting for you. And at the bottom of every page, that's where you'll also find links to the Facebook group, the YouTube channel, and my Twitter and Instagram profiles. This show is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the best Christmas shows around. Ones like Tinsel Tunes. New Zealand's musician Dwayne Bailey takes a deep dive into the Christmas songs you know and love, with a new episode arriving every month of the year. Find out more about Tinsel Tunes and all the other great Christmas Podcast Network shows at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Please do subscribe to Christmas Past wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of the fun I have in store for the rest of the season. And if you leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts, I'll send you a sticker to say thanks because you're helping more people discover the show. Email me for details about that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again next time for more stories from Christmas Past.